Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wilbur, and today I've got a very fun and personal show in store for you. I was fortunate to meet Delight Merrill in person this past spring. She is an incredible operator out of Chicago who's been quite involved on both the student housing and multifamily sides of the industry. Beyond that, she has an absolutely incredible yet personal story about how a stray cat literally changed her life. In this show, we skip through the career stuff and we jump right into the story of Pepper Pants and how this cat changed Delight's perspective and empowered her to choose happiness. This is a fun one for me and I truly hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Delight, I am super excited to have you on Modern Multifamily. Thank you for joining me. Mike, so, so, so happy to be talking with you today. I've been really looking forward to this. I'd love to start where I usually do, which is just kind of an introduction of my guest. Would you mind sharing a little bit about who you are and your story within multifamily? Absolutely. Um, long, long history in in the real estate industry. Funny thing, I started out in student, and I was in student for about 15 years, but these last few years I've been in multifamily. Really, really love it. So, Mike, currently, I'm really excited about this. I'm in transition, and I'm going to be moving to a new company as of January 3rd. Um, I'm going to be with Newcastle Limited overseeing multifamily operations for their Reside brand, which is really exciting for me. Um, so I, I'm very much looking forward to that. I've been spending many years on the road, um, and I have a small child, and I'm really excited to be able to spend a little bit more time with that, um, with my family, and have a work-life balance. So I'm really, really looking forward to this transition. I'm going to be doing very much uh, the same thing that I was doing at Redwood Residential when I was with them, overseeing uh, multifamily operations and the regional management team, and really can't wait to get started in the new year. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That sounds like an exciting transition, both professionally as well as personally. And I find that when you manifest like the perfect intersection of the two, uh, that's when really good things happen. But congratulations. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So back in May, I believe it was, you and I met for the first time face-to-face at the AIM conference and uh, went out to Nobu. And, you know, I've always believed that good things happen when you rub shoulders and elbows with people in the space and you get a chance to talk, you know, personal and professional. Um, that conversations like really stood out to me this past year, really just like the ability to, uh, I'll overuse the word manifest, like our, our futures. And if you recall, you told a pretty special story. Um, would you remind kind of sharing, sharing that with the audience today? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, a really personal story that I, I love to share when I have the opportunity and, I'm really excited to be able to tell the story to a, a wider audience, if you will, because I think that there's something that we all have to learn from it and that I'm still learning from it. So a few years back, um, I was living in Syracuse, New York at the time. I was in multifamily, loving my job. Um, things were going great on on that front, but I, I had this, this cat and cat was named Pepper Pants. She was this great little cat that when she came into my life, it was very much um, kismet. I, I came home from work one day. She was laying on my, on my sidewalk 
and I thought, there's this mangy, dirty cat. What is she doing um, on my sidewalk? It recently moved into a home, and I'd never seen the cat before. And I went inside, and I told my husband, I said, there's a cat out there. Um, don't touch it. Don't feed it, because we don't want it hanging around. You don't know where this cat came from. Day after day goes by, and the cat's hanging out in the in the hedgerow, kind of sunning itself and sort of watching me as I would come and go from the house. And I already had a couple of cats. And so I thought, okay, crazy cat lady. I can't do that. Like two cats is enough. Um, You know, adding another one is just going to be too much. They're going to be mad at me. You know, (laughs) I don't, I don't need more vet bills, all this stuff. Right. So you kind of really resisting this, this urge to, mother this cat and bring this cat in. So in Syracuse, New York, and we're getting closer and closer as the weeks go on, this cat is getting nastier and nastier looking, but won't leave, is rolling on the ground in front of me when I come home. And as you know, in Syracuse, it's some crazy winters. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't let this cat just die. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to this cat. Is you know, the snow banks can get six feet high. What's going to happen to this cat? So I had this brilliant idea of opening the garage door just a little bit and letting this cat in so that it could kind of hang out and made a little bed and put food in there. It was so brilliant, in fact, that all the other cats from the neighborhood came and found that there was a warm place with food. And a skunk also got in and sprayed this cat and sprayed all over, over the garage. So, you know, I said, finally, I, I broke. That's what broke. You take the cat into the vet, get it washed up, have teeth pulled, bring it home, put it in a little room where, you know, it, it can sort of get the, the skunk smell off over time. And that was it. Bonded to this cat. I mean, when I was home, the cat was following me out from room to room. So you get the idea. Basically, this cat is my kid. Um, this incredible bond with this lovely cat um, that I had for about five years. Well, you know, as the way of the world goes, this cat one day is not doing so well. And I'm thinking, you know, I've, I've had this cat five or six years and um, I don't know what's going on. So, you know, end up taking it to the vet and the vet's like, you know, listen, you've got to go to Cornell immediately. This cat either needs a trans, uh, you know, a transfusion or you need to put this cat down. So I'm brokenhearted, went through a couple of months of putting this cat through transfusions. Um, you know, you, you don't ask. It's like, you you know, she was my kid, right? Sure. And, you know, ultimately a few months go by and I needed to part with my my sweet little cat. It was really traumatic for me. You know, I, again, you know, she was my family and, um, you know, ended up calling EAP and saying, hey, I need some help. I need some counseling because, you know, I feel like I've lost a part of myself and I've lost this um, really special part of my life. And so I go to counseling about the cat and, and um, you know, me, people know me, I'm pretty frugal. <laughs> On my third visit, I'm thinking, this is the third visit. And I've got to get something out of this because I'm not going to be spending $200 an hour of my own money kind of working through this stuff with the cat. So I tell the, the, the psychologist, I said, you know, listen, I, I just don't know what to do. And she, she stopped and she said, you know, Pepper would want you to be happy. And I need you to think about what that looks like for you, knowing that 
you know, you've lost this very special part of your life, but you need to find some happiness and want you to think about what you would do if you were to say to the cat, I'm going to make these changes that came from you and I'm going to do some of these things that make me happy because of you, because that's ultimately what she would want. And, you know, Mike, very few, you know, you have those times in your life where things just hit you like a ton of bricks and it just kind of makes sense. And it, and the, the little pieces fall into place and you say, this clicks and I understand what I'm being asked to do. And so I said to myself, you know, what does happiness look like for me? I was living in Syracuse, New York, which frankly was not, you know, I didn't love it. it it's cold and it, it you know, it was snowy and depressing. And I've been there for several years and I thought, you know, this is, that's something that I'd like to change and started making a list of things like, you know, I was going to church every week, but to be honest with you, I would walk out of that building feeling worse about myself at, you know, on Sunday than I did when I walked in. And I was like, I, what, what are all these things that are coming to me? You know, there were things about, you know, my wardrobe. I was like, I'm dressing like a little old lady. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, sort of suppressing like this, maybe more happy person that's in there. And I was in a marriage that wasn't fulfilling. And there were just all of these things that, that I thought, well, maybe I'd love to change that, but I can't do that. I can't, I can't change that. I I can't do that. And, but the, the thought kept coming back, like what, what would make me really happy? And, you know, if I would be willing to do something, you know, to, to show this animal like that there was an impact or that, that if I knew that this animal would want me to be happy, what would that look like? And why am I stopping myself? Why don't I just do it? And so, you know, these are some pretty huge things that I just threw out onto the table, Mike. But the truth is, is that I was like, okay, this is it. I'm getting a divorce wow. and I am moving to a warm climate, which I did. And I am going to try sort of living a, a life of intention that makes sense without giving myself the burden of feeling, you know, that a religion has to put that on me. And I'm going to change up some of my wardrobe and I'm going to do, I'm going to work out again and I'm going to do some of these things that I need to do to be happy and I'm going to eat the way that I want to eat and I'm going to find happiness and I'm going through all of these things. And within a matter of about nine months, all of those things occurred. And at one point, you know, I had to call my mom, right. And say, okay, well, this is what's going <laughs> sure. on. And, you know, like I just start explaining myself to people, right. Because it's like, what is going on with delight and what is she doing? And I remember my mom saying, you have to find your happiness. No one else is going to do it for you. You're the only person that knows, A, what it is, and B, what it's going to take to get there, and C, I'm your mom, and I'm going to love you. I'm going to support you no matter what. And, you know, that's that was just really incredible to me that, you know, it, that drastic. I mean, really, really, really drastic. Um. But it's incredible to me, looking back, 
And I think this is what I shared around the table is, you know, you just have to have the courage sometimes to do something really scary or to do something that really removes you from your comfort zone. And ever since I've been, you know, I exercised that muscle and learned how to do that. I've been able to do that in other parts of my life, certainly in work. You know, after that happened, I made a series of a succession of, of changes and um, things that I was just willing to go out on a limb for in, in our crazy industry and just be like, you know what? I don't know how to do that. I'm going to learn. Or I don't, I don't know what that's all about, but I'm interested in, oh, okay, throw my hat in the ring. And, you know, it's like just that fearlessness that I had never really had before because I was always trying to please other people and kind of doing what I thought other people wanted me to do or what was appropriate. Um, so it's just been really, really interesting to kind of now, you know, once I set that tone in my life of being able to say, you know what, if I don't like it, then change it. Like if you don't like your hair, cut it. And if you don't like it, then grow it out. Or if you don't like the paint color in your room, then paint it. You can always repaint it and you can take the, the wallpaper down. There's so very few things in our life that are irreversible. And, you know, just kind of going through the flow of life and saying, this is what I need to add in, or this is what I need to get rid of. And it's just been really amazing to have had that experience and to share that from time to time when it's been appropriate to people to say, listen, you know, you can do really hard things. And it just starts with the question, what is going to make me happy and being honest and executing. And that's, that's my story, my pepper pants story. <laughs> Delight. I just think it's such an incredible story and I can't help, but like ask a simple question. And I don't think I asked you this when we first met, like how much of that was your cat? How much of that was your therapist asking the simple question and how much of that was you was much of that was you just taking the like space to like reflect on, am I happy? Cause that's such a huge thing caused by, by such a simple story. And I just like have to ask as you've reflected on the story year over year. Um, I don't even know what I'm asking you. I just think it's such an incredible story. I think, I think I know what you're asking. It, you know, it was prompted by the love for something that wasn't me. And now that I have a child, I have a three-year-old daughter, I will oftentimes insert, you know, what, what would I do to make my daughter proud? And what I would do to make my daughter proud is living my true life and being as true to myself as I can be. Because if I do that, then I'm modeling to her that doing what makes you happy is is the most important thing. It doesn't matter what our title is. It doesn't matter what what I do for a living. I it doesn't matter you know who's in how much power there is or how much money or what, none of that matters. But what matters is is that you know I'm teaching my daughter how to be a strong woman, to advocate for herself, to have the the assurance that what she needs and what she needs 
to do for herself is backed up by her mom the same way that my mom backed me up. Um, and I think that that's what really matters is that, you know, for me, and everybody's got something different in their life, but for me, what really matters now is I want to be happy for me, but it's not just me. It's happy for my child and for my husband and for my family. And it it's it starts with that. You, know, you throw a, a rock into a pond, there's a ripple effect. It starts for me, but there are other reasons really good reasons that you do that too. So I think it's sort of a mix of everything. And I don't know if that really answers your question, but I think that as I've reflected over the years of what that impact has been, is it's like, you know, I just, just do it. Do it if you know what needs to be done. Just do it. It's just such a cool, simple reminder, I think, for people listening. And I think the, the, real reality on this is that you can choose happy you can go all in and last question just like Mm -hmm. on your story i I have to ask like when you think about how this translates into your personal life i think you just nailed it like all the different examples and i think the example for your daughter is like the most profound one to me as a parent as well but i have to ask you on like the the work front has this translated into your you know approach to to your own career or maybe even careers you've been responsible for as as a leader in the workplace? Oh, oh for sure, for sure. Um, on so many different levels. I think, you know, certainly, so I'll start with just me personally is, hey, listen, I want to learn something new. I want to be the, the best professional that I can be. Just that fearless, just jump in and try it and ask questions. And I don't have all the answers, but I do have sort of a guide or a compass inside telling me which direction to go. And so it's like, well, just listen to that, you know, try this out again. Nothing's irreversible. You can always change course again. So just kind of like go and try it. If there's something in the industry you want to try, then just do it and ask for help. And so, you know, when I've chatted with people that, you know, are kind of in my sphere or that we've had conversations with, it's like that's my message is, you want to be a regional? Well, then start asking questions. Start looking at what those skill sets are going to be and then go do it. You know, you want this designation? Well, then sign up and just do it. There's never there's never a time that's better than today. You know, that old adage of when's the best time to plant a tree? Yesterday. Get moving. Just do it. And it's just, you know, so that certainly has impacted um, my career and, you know, how for me personally, but I also feel like, you know, even just in decisions that we make every single day, there's so much in this industry. There's so much chaos. Um, you know, we can sit around, we can chat about a lot of things and, but just really knowing, um, you know, I think coupling this idea of just moving and getting things done with really zeroing in on what those, those items are going to be that will have the most impact. Um, you know, I think that's also a part of it, right? Where where do I start? You start with the broad strokes and then you can narrow down on some of those other things. And don't be afraid to take the broad strokes first. You know, I, when, when you're painting or when great artists paint, you know, they don't just start with these teeny little strokes to start. I mean, I don't think they do. You know, I think they start with the broad strokes sure. and then they refine and then they start building the painting. It's kind of that tapestry of our life, right? That's the painting of our life is get these things out on the canvas and then see what comes back and, and see which way it goes, but don't be afraid to, you know, 
splash a gallon of paint over the whole thing if you don't like it. You know, start over. It's okay. It's never too late. Um, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, it, it totally does. I mean, honestly, like I think the the takeaway for me is is if you embrace being vulnerable, you know, almost like find comfort in the fact that it's okay to make it up as you go along and to choose mm-hmm. like that, that, you know, almost intangible feeling of happiness and joy, uh, and not settle, uh, when it comes to yeah. that, whether it's the job, the relationship, uh, the state of mind, whatever it might be. Um, I just think there's a ton to be said there and I think the story is simple. It's also super beautiful. And I'm just really grateful that you were able to join me today to, to help share it. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much. Um, well, I think I will put a bow on today's conversation because I think that's the perfect start and end for an episode. And Delight, I just want to say congratulations in public on this upcoming transition. And I will wish you, uh, the Newcastle and Reside team, nothing but wild success in 2023. Awesome. And Mike, I just have to say, I wouldn't have made the change if I wouldn't have said to myself, I need to spend a little bit more time at home going to just throw it out there. You know, what, what can I do to find something that eliminates some of the travel and some of those other things that, that are kind of taking me away from my family. And again, it's like you you put it out there and great things can happen. So I'm super excited for 2023. I can't wait to see what happens for you, your audience. I, I hope that this has an impact on some folks as they're kind of going into that new year, new year, uh, fresh, fresh take on things. And Um, it's, it's been my pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much. Of course.